0: And welcome to the Riding Report, I'm Jeff Carter, and with me again is our MPP, Graydon Smith, the MPP for Perry Sound and Muskoka, and also the Minister of Natural Resources and Forestry. You're back with us again, quite quickly actually, and uh, exciting news on the healthcare front. And this is over and above uh, the announcements you made uh, just a few weeks ago, but can you tell us a little bit more about uh, the three pillars of healthcare that uh, the the minister of health announced just the other day.
1: Yeah, I think it was uh, an exciting moment. Minister Jones uh, took an opportunity to really lay out a a plan for you know the present and, and future for for healthcare in Ontario. Um, if anyone accesses the document online, it's called a plan for connected and convenient care, and it's really focusing on three things that that matter a lot to people: the right care in the right place, faster access to care, and and hiring more healthcare workers. So, uh, you know, I think there's gonna be a great, great spinoff from all the initiatives that are contained within this plan uh, to to make a difference uh, in people's lives, not uh, just in Perry, South Muskoka, but all throughout Ontario. All right, now this is
0: a longer term plan. So I, I would say that we probably aren't gonna see any immediate changes other than what's been announced with regards to, uh, I'm gonna say, um, the private sector healthcare, which is publicly funded. But uh, there are other things uh, that uh, you talk about, like adding uh, more long-term care homes, more uh, paramedics to the area. So this is not something that we're gonna see immediately because we're already getting, um, you know, a new uh, long-term care home in Huntsville, which is not even shovels in the ground yet, but, there is there more for Muskoka down the road with this plan?
1: Yeah, I mean I think there is, and I think there are some some things that have happened already that maybe people aren't aware of. So you know when you look at the document as a whole, uh, it, it's not meant to be all new announcements. It's really putting into context them the measures that the government has taken to this point and the measures that they will take to again, create those better conditions within the healthcare system for folks. So when we talk about the right care in the right place, uh, you know people want care close to home and easy access to that care. Uh, and as of January 1st, pharmacists have, have been able to prescribe medication for, I think 13 is the number, uh, kind of common low risk ailments uh, where people don't have to make a doctor's appointment anymore uh, to go into the office and, and go through that process. and. The reason that's important is a it's really convenient for people just to go to their pharmacist and have that conversation and be able to get that prescription again for minor ailments but for the things that are more complex it opens up capacity within uh you know the the system at at doctor's offices for people that that do have uh other things that a doctor needs to see to be able to do it and you know it might seem like a small thing but every appointment that gets opened up is an opportunity for somebody that needs that appointment to go go and happen um you know and when we look at um, mental health, for example, and, and the continuing commitment to mental health and the investments the government's making over the next 10 years, uh, a lot of the, the benefits that we're seeing in this area right now uh, are around virtual access to care and uh, uh, the ability for uh, youth to access care. So, you know, there are some very much today things in this. Um, it is also looking to the future, though, uh, and what's going to be needed uh tomorrow uh and uh you know how can we be preparing for that now and when you look at hiring more healthcare workers and making uh the training of those workers a priority making access for healthcare workers from other jurisdictions to be able to come here and practice right away a priority you know these things do have a long-term impact but in some cases they have very much a short-term one as well all right now uh, funding for all of this now it's widely reported
0: that the prime minister will be meeting with uh, premiers of the provinces and territories next week to discuss increasing the health care share that the uh, the feds have uh, from 22 to 30, 35 is, is, percent. Are you sort of counting on this deal in order to fund some of these announcements that you're making?
1: You know, we, we we've made these investments um, either already and and made the commitments for things like long-term care beds and and building new hospitals. But there are always additional and continuous cost pressures in healthcare, and and we know that it's not an Ontario thing; it's a, a across Canada thing. And the federal government uh, is a partner in healthcare funding already. The provinces have been pretty clear and firm in their ask that they they need more money as costs continue to escalate. Uh, But this plan that Minister Jones brought forward isn't uh, a contingent on or only going to happen if, uh, you know, a scenario a um, uh, happens in terms of of those conversations. Um, I'm not, of course, on the inside of those conversations either. But, um, you know, this is a commitment that we're making to uh, Ontarians, and um, you know we'll, we'll we'll hope the federal government comes to the table to assist in the broader healthcare aspects of uh, funding. That uh, you know that'll only make things better. All right.
0: Now, and one of the things you talked about is uh, the as of right uh, that uh, it's a new set of rules that will allow healthcare workers that are registered in other provinces to come to Ontario and work here. But aren't you competing with other provinces that are themselves short of healthcare workers, and how sure. how does the province plan actually get people to come to Ontario?
1: so people have the right to mobility in this country and they have the right to live and work where they they want to work um in the case of healthcare professionals are often trained in a jurisdiction and stay in that jurisdiction uh what ontario is saying is you know they they have been appropriately trained and there's an opportunity for them to come and work uh in the healthcare system if ontario uh if they so choose and there would be a number of reasons why people would would want to do that At the same time, um, you know, we're underpinning that by creating more capacity to train more people uh, in the province, so uh, more uh, physician assistant positions, more nurse practitioner positions, which we know are uh, very important in our area, more uh, medical school positions by creating a, a new school in Brampton, uh, expanding the number of spaces at the Northern Ontario School of Medicine, which we know has a really direct and, and tangible impact. So the as of right pieces is important because it provides the opportunity for mobility for other healthcare workers to to work in this jurisdiction, but it's not the only thing that we're looking at. One of the things uh,
0: you announced was the fact that there is going to be, I'm going to say two streams of health services in the future. You know, cataracts is one of the things that's going to be introduced early on where you can get your cataract Surgeries done in a hospital, or you may be able to get them done at a privately funded clinic, clinic which uh, is paid for out of your OHIP dollars. Is there any concern that, you know, given the fact that there's a shortage of healthcare workers, that these private clinics will be sort of poaching doctors and nurses and other healthcare people from the existing healthcare system that's you know hospital-based?
1: yeah a couple of points on that it, one is that there are private clinics today and you know they are staffed up and uh, and already at work uh, the other is that as these uh, service opportunities continue to expand there has to be a staffing plan that goes along with that so it's not uh, just uh, carte blanche for the the private service providers to uh, you know do whatever they want. They they need to present a plan to the government which adequately addresses uh, the staffing uh, circumstances that they would have and the needs they would have uh, to ensure that it is not uh, working uh, you know in conflict with uh, um, you know a hospital or uh, you know another service provider. So the intent is to expand capacity, not create a competition within existing capacity or or future capacity all right and and just i think to, to finish up
0: talking about healthcare here you know the expansion of, of privately owned clinics do you see a lot of that coming you know physically into muskoka in the next few years do you have any knowledge of that
1: yeah it's hard to say um, you know the the future will uh, kind of determine that i guess and the opportunities that any uh one that had a private clinic uh you know wish to pursue here um so uh, i i don't have an answer for you today and i'm not going to provide an answer if i don't have one um you know I, I suspect the you know they exist in more urbanized areas now but you never know um and you know i, I would hope that they would i would hope that someone sees an opportunity uh to provide a, a service that a, a broad majority of people need here uh, and and be able to, uh, you know, do that uh, quickly and efficiently. And I should say, I mean, there are some private services uh, here already around diagnostic imaging. Uh, so it, uh, you know, there, there, there may be uh, more of that, there may be an expansion of that, or it may stay the same. Okay, and if we could
0: just quickly, because we're running out of time, uh, talk about um, trying to get Muskoka back into the North provincially. You know, some years ago, uh, Dalton McGinty's Liberals Split the riding in half, kept Perry Sound part of the north designated by the province, and Muskoka was moved into the south, sort of abandoned uh, via, I was going to say, government programs for specialized funding. And uh, you attended a meeting a, a week or so ago at Roma, I believe, where you spoke with a minister and you had uh, other members of uh, local councils here to uh, get the ball rolling on. You know, maybe moving Muskoka back into the north.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Can you and sort of expand on that. Yeah, it's an issue I know very well. Uh, in 2012 or so, when I was first mayor in Bracebridge, uh, I kind of picked the ball up on that and pursued it quite a bit um looking for an opportunity for the liberal government to kind of erase the mistake uh, i think i called it at the time that they had made and um you know we we ended up in the eastern ontario uh, fund which is um you know i think been under this government expanded and improved quite a bit um so i am talking with the uh, local officials i'm speaking with uh, my ministerial uh, colleagues as well, specifically Minister Rickford, who the the meeting was with uh, at the at the Roma conference to to look at the opportunities. But I think what we need to do first is kind of go through the data and say, you know, what are the pros, and are there any potential cons uh, to that move back in the north? It it would uh, provide. Uh, maybe some, uh, different or new access points to, um, get funding for certain things. Um, but you know, there, there may be something that, you know, is a net loss there too. So, uh, the kind of the commitment was to analyze it a little more, uh, from the, the numbers side, uh, and the data side and, and just see, you know, what, what makes the most sense in terms of, uh, where Muskoka can get the, the best bang for their buck, so to speak. All right. Well, we've run out of time. Thanks
0: very much for uh, coming in and uh, chatting with us. We did, really do appreciate it. And I guess uh, we'll be talking again very soon. That's uh, your MPP for Paris-Helma Muskoka, and Graydon Smith. Thank you very much.
1: Always oh, a pleasure. Thanks, Jeff.